Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. It's Wednesday, April 25th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio, it's Abby Mallon. Thanks for being here. Thanks for asking me. It's earnings palooza, and I know this is a busy time for analysts like you. So I, I, I always appreciate it when you come in the studio, but I extra appreciate it when it's earnings palooza. You're welcome. Um, always have time for you. Let's. Um, we got some interesting dividend news, and we'll get to that in a second. But let's start with Twitter, because first quarter profits for Twitter were just that. They were profits. And this is the <laughs> second quarter in a row that Twitter was profitable. Their international growth is up. Why is this stock down today? It's not falling off a cliff, but it's down a little bit. This was a good quarter. They're growing. Yeah. What's going on here? I think there were really three bright spots of this quarter. The first was that revenue growth, so total revenue was up 21%. Um, the second was audience and engagement continued to increase. So um, these are things we look at with social media platforms. Generally, this was moving in the right direction. Hasn't always been the case for Twitter. And then last last point that was good for them this quarter was that there was meaningful progress in safety and information quality work. So um, historically, Twitter has had a little bit of a reputation for being. Um, Argumentative, I guess, for lack of a better term, and they can. Is that because the people on Twitter can be argumentative? All of the above. Yeah. Um, but I think right now there's a little bit of um, questions or lack of clarity around these. Um, the whole ad revenue model, anyway. Just generally speaking, we saw the Facebook trials. Um, I think people are just sort of apprehensive in this space generally. Although it does seem. Like advertisers as a group are uh, have essentially moved Twitter further up their priority list. There was a pretty decent stretch there where if you were a major advertiser, you had plenty. Look, you always have plenty of options, but in terms of social media, Twitter wasn't growing in such a way or performing in such a way that it made as compelling a case for advertisers as it appears to be making today. Definitely. Strong ad engagements this quarter. So um, they had improved return on investments, better sales execution. So total ad engagements, generally speaking, were up 69% year over year. And this is a lot of due to um, improved video ads and higher click-through rates. Cost per engagements were actually down 28%, and that's just because video ads generally have a lower CPE than others. So, um, I think Twitter has maybe been disregarded for an extended period, and maybe there's sort of a a twist in things. I also think Jack Dorsey was really strategic in this call. Um, he kept making a lot of comments regarding privacy. I pulled one quote. So he actually said, quote, So we believe that privacy is the fundamental right for everyone we serve on our service. Our data business is something we continue to feel really good about. We are different from our peers and that Twitter is public. We serve the public conversation, so all of our data is out in the public, out in the open. So I think he's really just trying to to draw the distinction between Twitter and the unnamed Facebook here. I was just going to say, and who do we think that's directed at? <laughs> yes, definitely. I'm curious, um, 
first of all, that's great that he said that. So thank you for going through that call because I hadn't gone through the call, and it, it does speak to something I have been wondering about, um, particularly since Mark Zuckerberg make, made his trip to Capitol Hill. Because as I was watching that play out, I did think to myself, someone's got to be enjoying this. Maybe it's Jack Dorsey. Maybe <laughs> you know, it, someone has got to be watching Zuckerberg under the lights, and he handled himself better than I thought he would. I thought he was very commendable. In that. Yeah. He he really was, um, but I thought, boy, someone's really got to be enjoying this, and maybe that's an overstatement about Dorsey. But um, but uh, good good for him for throwing a couple of elbows on the conference call. Definitely a couple of elbows. Uh, I'm curious why you personally are not on Twitter, um, just because you you're engaged <laughs> in social media, um, but but for whatever reason you're like, you know what, I I, I don't need that. Yeah, I think I use really limited social media, so I have a Facebook. I um, have a Snapchat reluctantly. I don't use Instagram actually, and I don't ever even consider using Twitter just because I think it's just not a positive space. And I, I mean, I see people around here use it for news, but I just don't know that I. It's not working for you. Yeah, it's not that I need it. Um, one last thing on the stock. I mean, it's down a little bit today. This thing has basically doubled in the past year. Is it safe to assume that what we're seeing in terms of the pullback of the stock? Has to do with that. Has to do with the fact that look, this thing has had a great run over the past twelve months, and it's maybe it's not moved into the position where they needed a perfect quarter to move the stock higher. But you've had a pretty good twelve months. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be that. Again, I just think it's general sentiment. I don't think we've necessarily seen peak Twitter. I think this is a business that continues to reinvent itself. I think management here is. Um, Really open and being very adaptable. I think it's probably more interesting than it's ever been to me as an investment idea. But I don't necessarily think that this was priced for perfection and that was the pullback. Let's move on to Costco, which does not report earnings for another month. But Costco did announce a 14% increase in the quarterly dividend. That is, that's nice. That is nice. <laughs> that is that is really nice, and maybe not a shock that uh, Costco or any large company that has money is raising their dividend. We've talked before about how one of the ripple effects of the cut in corporate taxes is we're going to see more share buyback plans and we're going to see more dividends. As a general rule of thumb, where do dividends sit in the investing universe for you? Just as as someone who analyzes stocks and invests in stocks. Is that something you're looking for? And if so, how high up the list is that? Um, it's not something I dislike, per se, but just given my personal interest, I'd rather look at a growth story. And I think dividends usually signify a pretty mature company that um, it's not always a bad thing, but maybe don't have somewhere to reinvest those funds to Further growth, so it's less interesting to me than other options, but not necessarily unappealing. Where is Costco just as a retailer for you? Because I know that retail is an industry that you are interested in. Yeah, I've looked at this industry a lot. I've never spent too much time on Costco. I tend to stay in the smaller cap area, sort of. But um, I mean, I still think it's interesting. I think you know when you look at the numbers, I think it's really easy to forget that some of these big box stores are still very relevant and still doing very well. I think. A lot of times we get caught up in the Amazon of the world, but I think Costco is still very interesting. Before we move on, I want to say thanks to Rocket Mortgage for sponsoring this episode. If you get a mortgage, 
if you're refinancing your existing home loan, which I'm strongly considering given the recent bump up in uh, my interest rate, uh, you already know that it's not a walk in the park. And when you're making a big financial decision, you want to be as confident as you are in your job and in your everyday life. And Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple. It allows you to fully understand all the details so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. Uh, before we move on to Comcast and their massive quarterly report, uh, quick shout out to our friend and colleague in Australia, Uncle Joe Mager. It's a girl. Uncle Joe is a dad for the second time. Uh, so, congrats to, to Joe and his lovely wife on the arrival of their baby girl. And uh, closer to home, here in Full Global Headquarters, shout out to our friend and colleague, Amber Knutson. Uh, DC Femtech, which is a coalition of women leaders in the tech industry here in the greater Washington, DC area, uh, their annual awards dinner is next month. And they just announced this year's list of power women in code, design, and data, and Amber Knutson on the list. So, uh, congrats to Amber. That's yeah, fantastic. Awesome. Um, Comcast, some pretty nice numbers in the first quarter for Comcast. Profits and revenue coming higher than expected. They had the Super Bowl. They had the Winter Olympics. It seems like both of those paid off in a big way. Yeah, adding $1.6 billion in revenue for the quarter. That's a lot of zeros. It's a lot of zeros. This is an interesting company to me, because they had this great quarter. And this actually takes a back seat in terms to the other headline from Comcast, which is that Comcast has made a $31 billion, I think I have that number right, $31 billion bid for Sky, the UK based broadcaster. And as a result of that bid, Sky has withdrawn its recommendation of a takeover bid from 21st Century Fox. So Interesting to see the chess moves that Comcast is making because Disney had made the bid for Fox's movie studio assets, and Comcast had made a bid for that, a competing bid as well for that. But it seems like once we got the details on that bid, it really didn't seem as compelling as Disney's. But what do you make of this move to take over Sky? I think it's interesting. I think um, so. I've talked with. Mike Olson a lot, who follows Comcast pretty closely here, and um, we've both been sort of confused by this. I guess um, I think that's a talented management team, and I think they're playing three steps ahead. But I do a little bit question the move, especially at that price. So it's it's not so much the move; it's the price, or or is it both? Is it the move and the price tag? It's both. I think Comcast is a little bit of a misunderstood business. I think people like to think that it's. Um, the fate is ultimately tied up with the media broadcasting. But in my head, I think it's a little bit more of a utility company. So um, their advantage is really that they own that final mile stuff of the internet transmission. So think like pipes, for lack of a better term, um, cable and fire, the fastest networks, things like that. So as long as people continue to increase consumption of data, which they have been historically, um, I don't think Comcast business is necessarily at risk. And I think it's Sort of um, tangential, maybe, to what I think that their future opportunities are. 
It's interesting because a few you go back a few years, and it. I mean, you mentioned Comcast to the average person, and you're probably going to get a negative response because for a good stretch of time, it had one of the worst customer service ratings of any consumer it's facing. It's like the business. ultimate sign of a utility and or monopoly is when you can have terrible ratings and continue to be so prominent. Yes, so prominent and and a good stock like for for all the hating on Comcast as uh, from a customer standpoint, that was a stock that continued to do well for shareholders, but they started to make these moves to compete more with the Walt Disney Company in terms of not just broadening their their broadcasting cable offerings, but also studios as well uh, and theme parks and that sort of thing. And they, I have to say, they they did they were more successful in that endeavor than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I think that goes back to that being a very talented management team. Who's um, I acknowledge that they are thinking three steps ahead. I can't tell what that steps in between are, but I acknowledge that it's probably something strategic. And like you said, they have done a really good job with what they've. Attempted to do so far, so it's I have to give them credit for that. Well, maybe they're, uh, and I'm just thinking out loud here, but maybe they are uh, looking in part at what Costco did with their dividend and thinking, look, we've got the money and we don't want to do that. Right. So and the the attempt to outbid Disney that didn't work. So we got to throw money at something, and if we have to pay more than we want to, then maybe it's still worth it. Yeah, I think also demand for programming um, isn't going away. It's just the medium in which it's being consumed. And NBC Universal has the scale, the resources, and the brand to deliver. So I can see why um, expanding that sort of section of the business could be opportunistic. I I don't know why, but it always makes me smile anytime I'm watching CNBC and. They are talking about Comcast, and of course, they you know they have to give the disclosure. This is our parent company. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they're and to their credit, they're not you know they're not fawning necessarily over Comcast as as a business just because it happens to be the parent company. Right. Abby Mallon, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'll let you get back to work. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.